Welcome back to the NY Patriot Show. Uh, today, actually, and, and I actually mean this when I say this, I have two very special guests I'm very excited to have on the show. Uh, first, I will introduce um, most people probably uh, in the Element Chat and on social media might know who he is. We have Synthetic Psyop. Uh, basically, he's a, a computer, he's a, a magical computer wizard. He helped design our Element Chat. Um, he is an occultist himself, and he has a plethora of information. I mean, if some people have watched my chats, I've even asked him himself his opinion and stuff in chat when I've seen him. Um, so I'm very happy to actually get him on uh, the show, especially since he's a fan. It's nice to have him on. Thank you know, for having me. Show some love, of course. No, thank you for coming on, my man. And like I said before, this is going to happen more often. And then we have Miguel from Aeon Byte. Uh, highly, highly suggest if you have not seen his stuff, please go and check it out. Guy has great content. And in my opinion, he's probably one of the better producers. And I'm going to call you a producer because you do actually do a lot of shit for your videos. I love that shit. And that takes time and effort. So I highly suggest to go check his shit out. And uh, even though we're covering Nazis and occultism today, I highly suggest to go check out his show about Nazis and occultism with his guest, because I thought that was a banger. And I was like, yo, I've yeah. got to get Miguel on. So, yeah. So, uh, Miguel, do you want to let everybody know where they can find your stuff besides YouTube? Yeah, I'm pretty much spread on all channels, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, any podcast provider, you'll be able to find my work. Website is thegodabovegod.com. I'm on Rockfin, Odyssey, and all these different places. Keeping myself spread out because the hammer falls. The hammer yeah. does fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I experienced it on Halloween. The hammer fell on my YouTube account. <laughs> they were like, damn it, he's got over a thousand followers. We got to stop him now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm very, and I've always been very intrigued with uh, Nazis and occultism. Um, I mean, I've, I've, it's funny, I've probably studied a lot, but just didn't retain too much, or it just seems like such a deep subject. It is something that I, you know, would love to talk about, but I just don't find myself being the person that should really be talking about it. I don't know all that much. So I had, uh, I, like I said, I thought Miguel's episode was amazing. So I have him on and I know uh, Synthetic PSYOP, uh, he's, you know, into that stuff too. And he's written some notes. So I figured, why not? Let's make this happen. Um, it, this is really more of an educational thing for me, probably. I hate to say it. I'll probably have the least to say out of the three of us. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, the thing with, an, and, you know, I'm going to just toss this out there. I was saying this before we started recording before. My opinion, and this is why I think it's very important to be covering this. Well, two reasons. Like we were saying before, Germany may have lost World War II, but the Nazis still won. And in my opinion... When it when it comes down to it, I think higher up, you know, these, these soldiers may not know or they may. Or I don't know. But I think when it comes higher up, the whole Nazi thing, in my opinion, is magic or occultism in itself. So I just, you know, I think this is a very interesting topic. And I, I think it's, um, you know, another reason why I, I think it's very important, too, is because if we don't understand what was going on then, I don't think we're going to understand what's really going on now. For sure. So I think it's like a topic that even though it's old as shit, it's still something that should be talked about and maybe, you know, poked or, you know, just got to check the shit out and figure out what was really going on. Because in my opinion, I think uh, World War II, the propaganda then was probably, uh, you know, close to COVID. Oh, fuck, I probably shouldn't even have said that. You're close to what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to end up in a concentration camp tomorrow. There's my first strike on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there is a, yeah. a common thread I've noticed. If you look in video games and science fiction and comic books and movies, there is a common thread of Nazi occultism 
everything from Hellboy to Castle Wolfenstein, you can find it pretty much everywhere. It's It's been sort of romanticized or maybe exploited, I guess would be a better word, in uh, in pop culture. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, what was the word you just used? Romanticized? Yeah, the, the, there's <laughs> a certain um, sleekness, I guess you could give, to how it's portrayed in, in film or media in general. It seems. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Indiana Jones movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and the funny thing is, too, is that they really what that was about was him going after an occult piece, of, you know. So, I mean, there again, you have Nazis and occultism together. So, yeah. Maybe they're trying to tell us something. But uh, what I really wanted to try to get into, and I think uh, both of you could probably help me out with this, is more of where did the influence come from? For Hitler and Himmler, the Nazi party. You know, I think, in my opinion, you know, I've, like me and Synthetic Psyop were even talking before, uh, I do think a lot of theosophy is in there. Um, you hear about Crowley, supposedly he played both sides. I don't know, like, you know, how much he could have been involved with Hitler. You know, I know supposedly he gave Churchill the peace sign to defeat you know, the Nazis, but then they say he also worked on both sides. But, you know, I don't know really much about uh like me like me and synthetic psyop were saying before it's like you, you hear that but like you're not really actually shown or told anything about what crowley really was involved with so who knows how truthful that is but i do definitely think there is theosophy uh influence in there with helena blavatsky absolutely and, yeah yeah. I, um, <clears throat> yeah I think we have we have to separate two ideas one is the boilerplate occultism of Nazism and others, which was there because 19th century, there was just so much going on. Like you said, theosophy, occult revival, this weird alternative science and archaeology, you know, there was a lot going on in the, in the Weimar Republic was basically, you know, new age central. It was astrology, nudism, uh, vegetarianism, this holiday, it was just, it was, it was in the air. I mean, Himmler, Hitler, Rudolf Hess were basically hippies when it comes to murderous hippies. But so there was this, you know, this occult part. But the truth is, is that this was more Hitler did, really didn't give a shit. He was in, he was into something far better, more powerful, which was the egregore, the complete mind control and total power that's what he really was into occultism and all that was what he could utilize uh there's even the story he had an astrologer and as long as the astrologer gave him good news he was fine when he got bad news he just fired the astrologer so the, that's <laughs> the occult. yeah yeah that's the occult part but the other part is again this uh sort of religion of the mind where you have complete control and that is the that he really got from uh, Marx and Lenin and Stalin. I mean, there's no doubt, even though Hitler hated the communists, he really did copy what they were doing. And what they were doing was creating a totalitarian sort of state. I mean, uh, uh, Marx was influenced by Hermeticism and uh, uh, German idealism. And then his ideas were taken by Lenin, and Lenin had this idea of, uh, from the, again, Russia had the same influence in the 19th century, century except it was the cosmos, and uh, Gurdjieff, his idea that man was a machine. And Lenin believed in this idea that if man's a machine, we can create the perfect machine. All of humanity will work as a cog in this amazing, beautiful machine Well, nobody will need anything. Everybody will just be part of the harmony and this harmony will heart will will be suited for the harmony of nature and the animals and he really thought this weirdness again from the influence of mysticism and occultism and hermeticism where everything's connected and everything's the mind and he but he thought lenin thought well oh my god you know you need the party to guide humanity to this conclusion then Stalin comes, again, we have to differentiate the difference between Stalinism, Leninism, Marx, Trotskyism, 
uh, Stalin was like, you know, fuck this. I don't need the party is what matters. Party is the the apex, the complete machine control, uh, power for the sake of power. And Orwell wrote about this. That's what matter. That's right. what Stalin won at any cost. Uh, the truth is, Stalin was into the occult. He had an advisor, which he was into all this yeah. stuff because he knew it worked, like Hitler. But the conclusion was power. And a lot of this reminds me of two things in in the Gnostic Gospels when the Demiurge takes over the universe or he creates the universe. He wants this perfect machine. He wants everything to be a herd and everything he wants to rule perfectly. And humanity is just another, uh, even though we house the divine spark, we are just part of this massive lattice, this massive matrix <coughs> or machine. And it reminds me, um, I don't know if you guys saw Game of Thrones, but that, that's what the Night King wanted. I mean, even uh, Jon Snow and those guys said he wants everybody to be a zombie. The whole world will be winter. Everybody will be equal, lifeless, walking around. It'll be a beautiful kingdom of just death. That's what <laughs> Stalin wanted. And Hitler was like, whoa, this stuff works. And Hitler <laughs> said, this is what I want, too. It's this this evil, this collective evil or power that still exists. And of course, when Hitler went down, it, you know, it got worse. It didn't get better because you had Mao, you had Cambodia, you had the Bath Party in the Middle East, you had just genocide. Stalin was just getting crazier. You just had <laughs> genocide and murder and murder. And this continues today. I think social yeah. media, wokeism, politically correctness is just the the next step with this so that's uh why i say there's two difference there's the religion of the the machine maker or as lenin called it the god builder you said if there is no god we will become god we will become this hive this divine hive that will be perfect and then there's of course the occult let's use magic because it works and let's you know to get to our goal of power for the sake of power you know, when you were saying that stuff before, it almost makes me think of like uh, they're going to design their own version of Chessa that they're going to keep us in. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? in Kabbalah, there is the shadow of the dark uh, tree of life. That's what you're probably talking yeah. about. Yeah, because yeah, Chessa is supposed to be like, you know, this whole wonderful, like, utopia. Everything's the way it's supposed to be. Everything's the same, you know. That. Yeah, that's so, it, utopia. But yeah. Now, I wanted to, uh, your guys' opinion, both of you, if you don't mind. How much do you think Himmler was actually uh, – do you think that he might have been, like, whispering shit in Hitler's ears and kind of, like, almost pushing him the way? Or do you think there were two totally separate things? No, I think it's pretty well documented that Hitler really did not like his Germanic romanticism. Right. He, in fact, he, he was very vocal about it, but Himmler, yeah. he let him have his toys and because uh, he, he thought it was just over the top. <laughs> He did not like it. The Volkism was something that worked at the beginning, but Hitler was trying to fry bigger fish. And Himmler was just, there was one thing I was reading. Himmler, again, he was just this, he was, when he got out of college, he was, his job was like mating plants. I mean, but then he started getting into occultism, anti-Semitism, uh, futurism, and he just like this, he went, the power went to him, but Part of this was being that Weimar Republic hippie, you know, eat, you know, kind of whole foods mentality and new age kind of stuff. And he would even send people to concentration camps and give them instructions on how to grow their own organic herbs. Because he was like, if they can save themselves with this holistic stuff, then it's worth the land has decided. So he was on, yeah, he was pretty off, but I don't think Hitler really... It's documented Hitler was not keen on his oh, weird wow. magic user ways. I, I would I would agree. I'd say I don't really subscribe to the theory that Hitler was some occult genius. Um, I, Himmler wanted to kind of show this sort of glorious Germanic history, everything from Norse mythology to the Teutonic Order, and and create some sort of amalgamation or entire mythos around an arc of Aryan history. Hitler seemed to, or I'm sorry, Himmler had a strange obsession with King Arthur as well. Um, and that can be seen in Vablesburg Castle. Um, but but Himmler did keep an occultist very close at hand, a guy named uh, Karl Marie Villigat. 
and Villigat ended up on the personal staff of Himmler. Um, according to Willigat, German culture and history dates back to 228 BC. He proposed that at that time there were three suns, Earth was inhabited by giants, dwarves, and all these other mystical creatures. A conspiracy theorists today. <laughs> no kidding. I was no just thinking, let's do some Tartaria. Yeah. I, and Willigate claimed that his ancestors um, ended the long period of war in the time by 1200 uh, BC and that he could communicate with his ancestors with channeling and divination. He wrote books. He created his own runic alphabet. In 24, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and megalomania, um, and he was declared legally incompetent by the courts. Um, and he remained in a, a Salzburg asylum where he remained, in, I think, until 27. So Himmler, I think, had more of the was more of the mystic. That's Hitler, right. I I don't believe so as much. Yeah, and uh, you also Himmler had Otto Rahn, who was uh, yes, he was a he was a closeted gay guy, so he was full of uh, guilt, but he was still a not part of the party, and he was the one that was uh, looking for the Holy Grail and was visiting yes. the Cathars in France and was looking for all these secrets. Eventually, you know, Himmler, you know, like I think he meant there were Himmler's little pets and he like put him in a concentration camp to tough him and up and kind of abused him. And eventually Otto Rand, you know, killed himself. So there was a lot of this weirdness with Himmler. Yes. Oh, very. You know, that's what I well, That's why I asked that question, because I honestly thought that Himmler seemed to be more of the occultist than Hitler, actually. You know, that's what I had. That's what I got. I think. So, like, now, you know, uh, and if people don't know this, I mean, if you go, like, looking through, uh, I guess, documentaries and stuff, you you can find, or I've seen, where you will see, like, video footage from back then of, like, literally pe people with uh, torches making swastikas, stickers, shape, like, choreographed shit, people going down the street with pagan gods and stuff. Do you think that was more of, like, Himmler's thing, actually? <laughs> do you think that I was, do. like, yeah. yeah. I think it was probably a collective. I mean, they knew you got to create these. Again, we call it, they called it God building. We call it egregores today. You needed these rituals and symbols to get to create this psychic entity and envelop the population and get everybody again in sort of this collective mind, this uh, mob, this, this machine. And these rituals worked. I mean, whether you think they're just marketing, advertising, but again, the Bolsheviks had them. They had their rituals, their language, their symbolism. So they knew this was very important to bring this stuff, whether you believed in it or not. Some certainly did. Some thought it was just good marketing. I mean, uh, Goebbels uh, was, uh, he stole Edward Bernays' ideas on the unconscious, manipulating the unconscious and all that, and used them. To, for his marketing on the German people. And Bernays was uh, very crushed because he used it for genocide and other things. But, you know, fuck Bernays. He was an evil man himself <laughs> for all the stuff he did to the American people. So. What do you think about all the symbolism that they use, though? Like all the occult symbols and stuff, the swash sticker. I mean, was that a... Do you think like Hitler like understood like the, the power behind that stuff? Or do you he think was that was behind the, Yeah, he was behind the swastika. He was yeah. personally, so he knew. But Oh, and real quick, I, def I actually meant to ask you this before I even mentioned that. Real quick, just in case my listeners don't know, um, to you, what do you think an egregore is? I mean, to me, I think it's like when you get a group of people kind of having the same thought and creating the same idea. But uh, your opinion, if you don't mind. Well, an egregore, an example of the famous egregore is the tulpa, where a thought form can create with the psychic energy of people and it becomes semi-independent. So all tulpas are egregores, but an egregore is more of yeah, the, the psychic power and collection of people that want a goal that sometimes can be semi-independent, quasi-sentient, and, uh, and so forth. And uh, it... Uh, it goes from different, I think Mark Stavish has his great book, Egregores, and he says, for example, the Coca-Cola or Apple computer is an egregore. I mean, these people, you know, you talk to them and you're like, are you alive? Are you a shell? Because, you know, something is completely changed in their programming. But then there are those where this egregore where people can actually get the bean to go and 
attack others. So it's this sort of a semi-conscious entity that draws from our uh, electromagnetic or spiritual powers that we give as a group and both influences the group and becomes the climax of this group. I said, I like how you mentioned Mark Stavish. I had some of his books. He has some great stuff. I highly suggest to people listening between the gates. I used that book. I thought it was a good book. Um, and, you know, the reason I had asked you about the egregore stuff, well, one, in case somebody was like, I don't have to worry about answering a message now when somebody hits me up and asks me what an egregore is. <laughs> and two, I did want to bring that up because I wondered, like, your, your, both of your opinions, I guess kind of like I, during the whole George Floyd thing or around that time, some, I kind of feel like all those riots and all that shit going on, that, that's an okay. egregore work. And that was a religion. That was a bona fide yes. religion, I feel. I'm not criticizing, say it's bad. Or, I think uh, secularism and scientism has left such a void. And we as human beings are wired for the mystical experience. And there's such a void, I think, when the George Floyd thing happened. It, people were so starving, especially younger people. They just created both an egregore and a mystical religion. I mean, people were having visions of George Floyd and worshiping. And then you had white people bowing down in shame by the thousands. I mean, it was it was definitely a mystical religion and an egregore that was created because uh, people are starving for this stuff, as I say. I mean, and again, people like Hitler and others and Lenin will exploit this. They will exploit it. We could even say that, you know, make America great again and Q could be an egregore oh. on, the, on the other side as well. I, I can actually draw a lot of parallels between the past and what we're talking about today and that whole America first, QAnon. And, and mm. it's, I, I think of an egregore, it could either be like a sigil or sort of like a hive mind, like an idea on Twitter, uh, anywhere in between that spectrum, really. Bingo. Yeah, I, I would agree. And uh, it's neither good nor bad. Again, it just is. Sure. Mm. I've even had, like, I've had, I've read a, uh... I've read, I think, an explanation or of a of an egregore, or maybe it was because I was reading a book on servitors. But like they were kind of like saying that an egregore could be like a gigantic version of a servitor, which is really kind of like an idea of something something that you created that you want to make to do something for you. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I think that's what we uh, experienced with all that bullshit two years ago. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I wonder. I sorry, wonder, like, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Synthetic. I was just going to say, don't forget to feed your servitors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the definition from my one step. I just pulled it out. It goes, uh, it's an occult, autonomous, psychic entity composed of and influencing the thoughts of a group of people. And then there's an older definition, a home or a home or conduit for a specific psychic intelligence of a non-human nature connecting the invisible dimensions with the material world in which we live. But I think uh, the newer one makes sense. And I think that's uh, for those of us in the esoteric uh, conspiracy or called egregores, it explains a lot and connects a lot of dots and makes us help us understand how the Nazis or the Bolsheviks or Mao or uh, like you said, QAnon or BLM can work. So uh, personally, I don't, I try to stay away from egregores. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I, I think they work really well with social media. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really the only way it's, it's really, I, I think that it is a vehicle to make those things become, you know, bigger or actually work because, you know, before we had this stuff, I couldn't know what some dude in India was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> now I got all these options of seeing other people's ideas and theories, and then I take them in and I, does that sound good? Yeah, it does. You know, I'll win with it. You know, so, yeah. I but I mean, if you go to, let's say, on your neck of the woods, you go see a Giants or a Jets game, you're going to get it. It's an egregore, it's a temporary one, and hopefully it just ends. But, you know, you feel this energy. It's like, uh, a friend of mine, when he was uh, he was out there in a big protest for the Iraq War, Gary Lockman, and it's thousands of people like you were you know, they were on the streets, but you'd be in a stadium, and he see you know back in the days when they did the stupid wave, 
and he sees the wave and he's like i am not doing that nonsense i'm too mature i'm too old and boom when it came to his time he did the wave and he's like that was an aggregate it grabs you just like when you're in a game and you just you lose who you are and you're part of the collective and you can feel the energy crackling in the air you know yeah like a uh, yankees and red sox game yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> That's an aggregate. That's, that's a big one. <laughs> and that goes beyond the game. That's <laughs> that's why I said that. population forever. Yeah. yeah, that's why I said that, because you'll see, like, even after the game's over, you'll see the crazy fans on the TV and in the news. Like, yeah. it's still going on after the game. Yeah, yeah, or soccer hooligans or something. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? Uh, you, you mentioned soccer, and this still goes along with uh, occultism. When I had mentioned something to you about Azov, they actually, um, you know, according to what they say, they were using soccer teams to actually recruit people for Azov. And they even used, uh, oh, fuck, what are they called? Uh, people, like you had mentioned, this stuff like doing the waves and the stands. Um, fuck, I can't remember. There's a specific name for these people. But, like, you know, in other countries with soccer, I mean, they, they get, like you said, fanatics. And, and, and Egregore, you know? Um they they're ultras that's what they're called i'm sorry they're called ultras and they're like these these it could be a group of like 50 people in the stands that it's like they, they they all do something at once it's you know this whole like wild thing that they all collectively do azov even said they were like um recruiting those people yeah i mean you've Which seen uh yeah, the wall movie that scene yeah. where becomes like hitler and all of a sudden, everybody's doing the same motion, and everybody has like no face. It's like you lose your individuality, and suddenly everybody's part of the party, part of the yeah. movie. So it's. But the the weird thing I had, and and this was what I was going to get to also, where I think that you know Nazis sometimes is actually kind of just like magic in itself, is that I was like, well, why would they want ultras? You know, people that are like you know fanatics with like doing stuff at like sporting events. I'm actually wondering like are you kind of recruiting those people so they can do shit out in the streets and then film it and then say, this is what's happening, you know, awesome. because like, like why would Azov who has Nazi symbolism, they have the Panzer 19th division symbol practically on their shit. Um, they admit to a part of them actually being Nazis. Like why are those people sending MSNBC, CNN and Fox news footage of what's going on in ukraine why why are, are nazis the ones giving us the idea of what's going on over there because it's probably magic and propaganda <laughs> yeah and it's probably a form of communication to other neo-nazis i, I mean, thought that uh, myself too, yeah oh yeah the stuff in some way it's enticing especially if you have a void and people as much as they talk about oh Nazis and fascisms, you do forget. I mean, for example, somebody like uh, Genghis Khan, who was you know a hundred times worse than Hitler, we see him now historically as, as this brave, cool conqueror. So, uh, so it wouldn't be surprising there are people who see that now. And a hundred years from now, maybe the idea of Hitler will change too. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will. It'll just be probably. Would just be a cool dressed guy or something. <laughs> guy with a funny mustache. That's all he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to your point oh. about why with with Azov, to me it just stinks of a creation of an intelligence apparatus of some sort. Some sort. That that's what my theory is. It it just stinks as a creation. Yeah. No, that's that's what I I think honestly with, with Azov. Yeah. Uh, um, did John McCain take pictures with them and all that years ago? Oh, did he? I have no idea. I don't know. I think so. He, I think he did. There are pictures, or there was some resistance in the Ukraine, but uh, you know. And then, and then again, if you think about it, their flag. They, I mean, I know they have two colors, but they have that chesshead blue in there, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it goes with that whole Nazi utopia thing again. I don't. Yeah, yeah. just throwing stuff out there. But uh, synthetic, I know you said you had actually like a bunch of notes too and stuff that you had wrote. Like, I, I would like for you to be able to get to them and not like you know, you wrote them down. Um, <laughs> just a, a quick thing I've, I've, I've pulled together on just some symbols. Um, one being that 
we've all seen it. It's an eagle clutching a swastika. It's called a uh, Reich Saddler. Um, and that is actually an old Roman symbol, the, the eagle. And to the Romans, that represented Jupiter. Um, it went from Rome and basically to the Americas. And I believe that the, the, the Nazis kind of copied it. Another one would be the SS Bolt. It's two sig runes. Uh, and it symbolizes victory or a lightning flash. This all ties into the idea of a blitzkrieg attack or lightning war um, and lightning and electricity where that ties into the occult is pretty pretty obvious. Um, the, the SS also adopted the death's head or Totenkopf. That just goes back to old Prussia. It goes on back to Frederick the Great even. Um, and it, it's interesting how that, that symbol of a skull has sort of traveled through time, Jolly Roger flags all the way to Blue Lives Matter logos and Masonic stuff with uh, Hiram Abiff. It, it's mm -hmm. pretty much everywhere now. Um, it, late in the war, there was something the Nazis did. I think it was in 44. It was called Operation Werewolf and Radio Werewolf, um, where, you know, basically you'd they'd fight in plain clothes so you could be behind any enemy lines and they'd think that they were just civilians. And Radio Werewolf was a the war was basically coming to an end and they knew they could do nothing. So Radio Werewolf was propaganda campaigns that were done um, in order to try and turn civilians to sabotage things of the allied powers. And their logo was also the, the symbol you're talking about, I believe is the, called the wolf's angle. It looks sort of like a backwards end with a line through it. Yes. And that actually goes back to the 13th rune. It's the division of life and death. Um, Another Ooh. interesting symbol, it's an old Saxony uh, symbol. It's called uh, Ermasol. And I find this very interesting because when you start reading about Nazi occultism, you'll find that they believe, or some of the true believers, if you will, believed in the theory of a hollow earth. So I believe that's why they were going to Antarctica. Um, th there's a lot to be said about The group was called the SS Anunerba. They were doing a lot of the more mystical research, but... Uh, that old symbol that uh, uh, the Ermasol, it, it it reminds me of the plus ultra symbol used by the Spanish, which was Hercules's pillars, the the, the two pillars that hold up the sky. So mm. I'm wondering if there was a belief that there's some sort of pillar in Antarctica, hollow earth, or some sort of transport. You know, it, it, it's hard to say. It, there's so much that's disinformation i think with aliens and you know hitler being possessed by a demon and nazi flying saucers and time travel and quest for the holy grail and vril and it's hard to know what's actual actually historic but i do think there is something to be said about these nazis believing in a hollow earth well the vril too remember yeah they not only are they underground but the vril had powers their power was all electrical Yes, lightning. So I think lightning was became a big symbol for occultists and for people in secret societies. It's interesting on a side note about the SS and the thing. Remember when uh, Kiss came out with their logo in the seventies? It was done by Ace Frizzly. They got in hot water because the two S's looked like the uh, Nazi symbols, the sick runes. Yeah, yeah. So of course, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley had to come out and press like, "Hey, we're Jews." You know? <laughs> So that was uh, that was interesting too, and uh, the other thing about the skull too uh, is that I like how you mentioned about the eagle because whenever you have a powerful movement, <laughs> you're gonna find the either these three gods, either Jupiter or Jupiter Amun Ra, Jupiter Ra. You're gonna find Saturn or you're gonna find Mithras. Yes, got Jupiter right there now. Most people don't realize, and this is the work of Jason Reza Jojani in his great book, Iranian Leviathan. He says that the, the skull and bones, the Jolly Rancher, was actually done thousands of years ago by the, I think, the Sarmatian Persians. There were these pirates that, of course, all these movements are always mafia. They were both, uh, they attack Romans, but they're also in cahoots with the Romans. You know, you know how commerce is. We're at war, we fight, but we're still going to do commerce. And they had the symbol. Their symbol was the skull and the two uh, bones. And they were uh, advocates of Mithras. And they were these uh, cross-dressing, bisexual, wild, mystic pirates who were like the scourge of Rome. So 
that is never going to be so there's the other surprise if you want power you know look for mithras look for jupiter and look for saturn somewhere somewhere in the background you're going to find them i mean skull yeah. and bones i bet they worship mithras up there in yale no doubt probably probably it's really interesting that you said that because, like, again, prior when me and Synthetic were talking before you came on, he had mentioned something about the ego being a representation for Jupiter. And I was like, well, <laughs> you, you, that's more Chesed, uh, in my opinion, again, you know, going back to Chesed and Jupiter, it's just more symbolization of that. I, I do think Chesed, Jupiter, and Saturn is huge with that stuff. I think you nailed it with that, Miguel, for real. Uh, Miguel, I wanted to know, and I'm glad that Synthetic brought it up. What's your idea about Antarctica? Like, what was the reason for oh, that? Man. There's something there. I don't know what it is, but something is so suspicious because, again, the interest has been so big from all these sources and the hiding. I mean, I, I don't even want to say there's so many possibilities. I don't know. Do, do you prescribe to the dome idea? The dome idea? Well, do you believe that we I might know. be into the dome? I'm agnostic right now. I know the conve the more I research, I know the conventional story is bullshit. Okay. And it's just terrible, but I'm still not still not there on any okay. sort of argument or theory. But uh, we're going to be very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fine. We're very surprised. So. No, I, I just had often wondered, like, uh, I think I've said this before, like, I mean, I may, I may not be totally right or correct about this, but, you know, my opinion, like, if you go high enough on a mountain, you're going to start hitting uh, snow and ice. <laughs> and you start going to the opposite ends of the world, you're going to start hitting snow and ice. So I had just wondered, like, is that part of maybe reaching the edge of the dome? Why, you know, if there is one. You know, so I had wondered, like, maybe did, did the Nazis, like, were they trying to, like, I don't take out of it or go through it or some shit? But like you said, there's so many wondering why, what's up with Antarctica. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted your opinion. I mean, these days, I don't even think the moon is the moon. I pretty much. I don't, e I don't either. I'm just, I'm just like, it's something, whatever that they told us, it's something else. I don't know if it's a, <laughs> I, a base, a creature. I don't know. It's. It's probably not from this world, this earth, but uh, at least I'm honest enough after doing so much research saying. And of course, they don't, you know, the powers of be don't help themselves. You know, what they call NASA, never a straight answer. And I mean, if the, if the government would actually give us some straight answers instead of putting their foot in their mouth and their half lies and half truths, which are so blatant, I mean, only somebody who's hiding something would be that... Uh, slippery and it's just enough enough don't buy it yeah that's that's funny you mentioned the moon that's that supposed to go back to the moon hasn't it like broken down every time i mean how can we not go back to the moon after what 40 50 years makes no sense no sense at all unless something's off yeah you know that's it's interesting that you mentioned that because like when we it was funny how like we ended up like you know, totally on left field. But when we covered the Skinwalker series, uh, the Skinwalker Ranch, when we started talking about Bigelow, he is selling for, I think it was like $52 million. He, he uses Elon Musk's rockets, but he builds the shuttles that you're going to go in that supposedly for $52 million, you can buy this and you can go to Mars and stay there for like, I think 90 days. Well, we can't go back to the moon, but yet Bigelow selling shit for $52 million. That's going to take us oh, long. Yeah, we supposedly went through with this shitty technology and no country, rich, all these rich countries, even back to the Soviet Union, China, India, us, nobody wants to go back to the moon. It's, never understood that one. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe we never, we never went. I don't know. Well, something's off. That's what I can say. <laughs> something's Who's that? way off. Who's that guy? What's his name? Buzz yeah, uh, I think uh, he had an interview with somebody. Or no, a girl in school had asked, and uh, like, how, how come we haven't gone back? And I think his answer was uh, like, kind of like, who's to say we actually went there? <laughs> I was like, okay. you know, because he always says crazy shit. But basically, right. that was his answer. He was like, well, well, I mean, who said we actually went? And I was like, oh damn, well, that that actually would make more sense if we never really did. 
you know. But uh, not to get too too far off the topic. Uh, synthetic. What was yeah, yeah. You watch the movie Iron Sky? It is about Nazis on the moon. <laughs> I love that movie. It's that is so... an entertaining film. I, I find it interesting that when we when we do send astronauts to like the International Space Station, we have to hitch a ride from the Russians. So what's going to happen now that we're on the brink of World War Three? Oh wow, that's interesting. Well, well, thankfully, supposedly Robert Bigelow has is attached to the International Space Station, so maybe he'll save us or help us out. <laughs> Fuck those. Well, go watch Iron Sky tonight. You'll love it. It's the yeah, goofiest moment. It's it's funny. It's very funny. And what's your thoughts on Antarctica? <sighs> That's a good question. There's obviously something there. There's plenty of writing about a hidden mountain. If you want to get really esoteric, that can only be seen with certain lighting. Um, there's obviously something that they're trying to keep secret, but what that is, I, I, I really don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's an honest answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's no. why I asked you guys. <laughs> One of the few things our governments in this world have done right is keep us away from the Antarctica. So. Well, that yeah, that was, I think, another thing that, that um, oh God, and I, I mean, I'm going to use Flat Earth Dave, unfortunately, you know, as uh, from what he had told me when he came on my show. I don't know how truthful it is, but he was telling me even parts of Antarctica, like, you know, like when you see like people going there or whatever, you, there's actually a very small spot that like if you wanted to go to Antarctica or whatever, you, you can't actually go to all of it. I don't know how truthful that is, but if mm. that is truthful, that, that's even fucking weird. I don't know. Because he, he was going on saying that, uh, you know, that's part of the flat earth thing, you know, whatever. But again, something with Antarctica is very fucking weird. So, and, uh, oh, yeah. And what I was saying before, I, I do think, you know, again, with the, the symbolism, I do think a lot of it, like what you said, does go back to Jupiter and Saturn. Saturn, I think, might be kind of more of the death idea. And maybe Jupiter, I think, is more of the energy of the power. You know, and uh, I think you do see a lot of that in Nazi symbolism. Now, I did want to ask because we had brought it up a few times and I heard synthetic psyop saying this is a little bit off the topic. But what do you think, Miguel, about electricity and magic, actually? <laughs> hmm. Good question. Good question. I mean, I just did a show on Twin Peaks and uh, watched some of the things. And yeah, David Lynch is and Mark Frost are obsessed with electricity. You know, they're all flying through the, the the houses and in lines and David Bowie's appearing with electricity. So they're definitely riffing off this idea of the real 19th century when, you know, and people say, well, it was the 19th century. We were starting, you know, it was a great, it was a great thing that the industrial revolution was giving us and it was changing the world, but it does, it certainly has a place in occultism too. And you see it over and over again. So, um, Sometimes a lot of it is just whether you believe in it. And again, if it transforms into a symbol, then it has magic and power in itself. We're talking about, again, uh, uh, the SS uniforms, the band Kiss. It, it takes on a life of its own. And all you need is to keep these symbols and rituals and ideas going for whatever you want to do. The power of aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's funny that you mentioned Twin Peaks. Like, even at the end of every episode when it shows, like, David Lynch and Mark Frost, what is it? It's, like, electrical lines and fucking showing electric bolts coming out. Yeah, they're, yeah. Always, they're always focusing on light poles. There's always a truck going down the road with the fucking, like, basically yeah. the wood the wood for the light poles. <laughs> or the lights are always kind of buzzing, going, you want, is it going to go out? Is it going to go out? So, yeah, they, they were tapping That's into 20th, 19th century occultism with their... So, okay, yeah, we got our audio stuff fixed. Uh, I guess, you know, what I was getting at, basically, you know, we mentioned the SS and the lightning, so I had just wondered about, like, what your guys' idea was or you know, with electricity and magic. I seem to think that there's something there, in my opinion. I, I think a lot of magic comes down to just basically magnetism and electric, but that's getting a little bit out there and, like, pretty deep, but I think you can break magic down to that, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Synthetic, did you happen to have anything else that you wanted that you had to cover? That One thing I did want to cover after the First World War, Germany was pretty much blamed for everything and in shambles. <laughs> um, and, and what I think 
to try and separate fact from fiction, um, I think one thing that did happen there was um, uncertain future, hyperstag inflation, you know, poor economic conditions, skyrocketing unemployment. People kind of went into sort of fantasy time, fantasy land. Um, and I think that's where you had a, a start of all this. There was a group called the the Thule Society or Thule, uh, Thule Gesellschaft, I believe. Um, and it started out as sort of a study group um, around Germanic antiquity, uh, but the connection between them, they somehow sponsored the DAP, which is the sort of ba basically like the German uh, labor party. Um, and the Thule Society was a secret society, and that was what the Nazi party was born out of. Later, Hitler uh, reorganized the DAP into the NSDP, the National Socialist German Workers' Party. So literally the entire Nazi beginnings are, are coming from a secret society of sorts. Um, so that that's something I think is it, that is very important in Nazi occultism. It was born out of a secret society. And then later on, they're getting rid of, you know, Freemasons and gypsies and occultists, uh, you know, astrologers, things like that. Um, and it, I, I can kind of draw parallels with kind of the current state in the United States now with sort of economic downturn and sort of uncertain futures where people are, are kind of going into fantasy land on both sides of the political aisle. Yeah. You know, I was actually going to eventually bring that up. I said, thank God, thank God you're here. Uh, <laughs> or just, we would have been done already. I mean, it would have been like, I'm done talking to uh, <laughs> the thing with, um, what do you think is a reasoning why, like, I, I did find that very interesting, and I often wondered if it was, well, one, if it was even true, but two, like, was it pretty much so people who might understand what's really going on can't say anything or say much, but, like, what was up with, like, kind of, like, going after the Freemasons and occultists? Like, you, you think there was, like, something behind that, actually? Well, when you're trying to control everything and create a total environment, you want to get rid of anything that could potentially be conspiring against you or any sort of opposition that's i think it's as plain as that if, if you're trying to tell people what to do you don't want them getting together and talking and you know maybe yeah it's not the first time remember was it the 18th century uh, germany banned uh, secret societies and that's how the illuminati either died or went underground so yeah it's not that rare yeah if you want to consolidate power you got to get rid of the secret societies journalists college professors that's all part of the formula mm. absolutely you, you think it might uh part of the reason might be also like like again like talking about the nazis i just think it's a very like an occult thing in itself you're not going to want somebody else pointing that out <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. and other occultists might be like wait i, I know what the fuck's going on no, no. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i had wondered like is that part of the reason why is because they didn't want people who understood or could see what was really going on saying something or maybe sure. it's just as much as like you like you even said synthetic just you know as simple as that you know what you said yeah i it, it's hard to say it, it it is hard to say but yeah you want to you want to consolidate power you want to you know have make your will on on the other people you want to get rid of any sort of groups that might be meeting in secret or have ideas opposed to you know the 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 main thing and this this does go back to kind of an occult idea um the Nazis were, were very obsessed with the purity of German blood or what have you. Um, and there's there's always a good fascination with, with blood in any sort of occult ideology or religions, things like that. And, you know, I, I've met my fair share of dummies who are occultists and they believe that they have a special power because they have some sort of blood type, RH negative, it usually is. Um, so, so there's always sort of in woo, woo world, there's an obsession with blood or, you know, something along those lines. So I think it kind of fits right in here. Like the Nazis were no different because they were aiming for center. Their ideas were centered around the purity of the blood of the people. Um, no. And they were a secret society themselves. Yeah, we have to not forget what ten percent of the population was part of the Nazi Party. I mean, yes. most Germans were just normal. Same with the Bolsheviks; only a small percentage were part of the party too. So they had their own rituals and language and everything else. So they wanted to make sure they had a monopoly on magic, secret societies, 
all the stuff that can really help liberate the human soul. We also don't want to forget about Dietrich Eckhart, who was basically uh, met Hitler and basically helped him create the the myth of Hitler. You know, sure. uh, he was the one who shaped Hitler into what he would be, at least his image and all that, to the outer world. And it's interesting because, yeah, um, the Nazis were part, seemed to be more traditionalist or perennialist. They were always looking to this beautiful golden age, this Eden where things were better. You see that over again, make America great is sort of like I was that. Kind of, that actually. There was a better, there was a better idyllic time and we can get back to it. But the Bolsheviks were different. And I think Mao was different. They were like, there is no past. They were going to erase the, you know, destroy the statues, make sure, destroy the history books. It's all about the future where we're going to have this heaven where nobody, you know, You'll own nothing and like it. You know, yeah. that's basically the future they want for us. So it's interesting this dichotomy of that the Nazis had, and so did the Bolsheviks. Although, let's say they had hadn't been defeated, I think the Nazis would have evolved more to that. Let's destroy the past, wipe it out, and let's turn more into this collective machine. That almost makes me think about kind of like I mean, I could be totally off, but like as you're saying that, like I just kept on thinking about the Great Awakening. You know, I'm like, is this something that's been played to us plenty of times and just isn't working and it's just a joke? You know what I'm saying? Like, it almost sounds a little bit like that. Um, the Great Awakening? Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, like the QAnon people, this is the Great Awakening that we're going through. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, I think it's just a bunch of bullshit that being fed. To, I don't know. You know, it's just like. Yeah, kind of but like, I mean, I mean, the good thing about QAnon is they, they, did a lot of good research and they gathered a lot of data, no doubt. And at the oh. end of the day, yeah, yeah, you can go back to the the egregore, but QAnon is just a bunch of franchises working independently. Now, how strong is the egregore? Well, we can argue that, but yeah. uh, it's nothing like you know the Bolsheviks or the Nazis oh. in that way. And then I, I did want to ask both of you if you thought there was anything behind them, um, because it's good that you brought up the whole blood thing and. You know, I, who knows about that? But do you think there was something with the whole blue eyes and white skin? Because in my opinion, like we were talking about, uh, this may sound crazy, but we were talking again about Jupiter, constant Jupiter symbolism. Now, I think the right pillar is a little bit more of kind of raw explosive energy. Now, a white person with blue eyes would be the right pillar and Chesed and Jupiter again. So was that kind of like you think that might have been a representation or no? Like I'm just fucking crazy. I never thought of that. That's interesting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, because there's so much weird bogus science. And uh, I mean, okay, you look at Hitler was like, I need a system. And obviously Marxism gave the system where there is this struggle, class struggle, tension, and the universe is unfair. And we got to fight them so that people can be equal. Uh, Hitler just switched out from a class warfare to a race warfare. But sure. in both, they're not really logical because you can't, because the whole race thing makes no sense when you, when you really think about what's a race, you know? And so, but he was able to eventually, the idea of what really was an Aryan was completely logical, but he, at least he was able to create a boogeyman, which was, you know, the Jews, the Romani secret societies. He was able to create what you need, which is a bad guy, an archon, somewhere you can yeah. put all your shadow and anger. And, you know, this is who we need to defeat for complete peace and prosperity. So. It was the WWF before it got big. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hulk Hogan needed a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you need a Bond villain. You need a, an archon. And that's the point of these movements. So. No, uh, and I guess we'll we'll talk about this and then we'll end it here. Um, both of you's opinion, you know, we had mentioned before, uh, you know, the Nazi uh, Germany lost the war, but the Nazis won. Um, do you, in your opinion, how do you, do you still think that shit is like kind of pulling the strings and running the show in a sense? It would have oh. to be. I mean, again, look at these movements today. They have that same resonance. They have the same playbook, uh, everything. And you know, I think we were talking before, this whole divide and conquer thing, it's coming from the top. And again, you'll own nothing and like it, uh, digital dot, all that stuff that's coming down the pipe. 
straight out of this collective Marxist Nazi kind of uh, formula that works really well. I mean, those in power do very well, whether it's communist China or uh, Bolshevik Russia and all that. So nothing has really changed. I think one warning before we end, I wanted to give two, which is important. Speaking of the magic of the mind is uh, the idea of Haran Arendt's banality of evil, because she deduced very well when she was watching the trials of um, Adolf Eichmann. She was watching the trial after he was captured, and she was like, this guy does not look like Sauron or Count Dracula or Genghis Khan. He's just some very nice, mild-mannered, intelligent geek. And she realized, and you look at uh, Himmler, too, you know, he was, again, he, his job was in agriculture, you know, or Rudolf Hess, there were just these geeks, these hippie geeks. She realized evil doesn't come in the form, the true evil, it comes in the, the, the bean counter, the accountant, the guy who says mathematically, if we do this and this, we will reach utopia, the eugenicist or the technocrat. So true evil really is more closer to your Silicon Valley geek or your accountant. The guy says, we, we got to crunch these numbers for the good of everybody. And, you know, a few uh, eggs get broken, but mathematically, we're going to be fine. So she said, that's the evil you have to watch out for. And I think that's uh, something people still miss today. We, you know, you're looking for Trump or some, you know, some bombastic big guy. And no, it's it's the bean counter behind the scenes. That's the one that's Charles Schwab or one of the. That's the one you have to worry about. And even Charles Schwab is probably just a. He's a buffoon. There's others behind him. You got to worry about. Yeah, I was actually going to. I was actually going to use George Soros as an example, but say yeah. like, who's to say like even. For all you know, he's just a face and a name to to blame something on. But mm. if you go by his interviews, like he'll say, like, I really just I don't worry or have feelings towards the outcome. You this is what you want to pay me to do, and this is what you want to happen. I do my numbers, and this is what you get what you get. Like you totally yeah. disassociate yourself. You know what if I'm we saying? kill five million people and bring our population down and nobody eats meat, then America will be safe. That you know completely logical cold and that's the one you have to worry about yes like the architect in the matrix you know he's not good or evil he's just, <laughs> he just has a world to run simple as that it's a praxis <laughs> yeah 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 it's just got something to do i like how you said that the architect in the matrix is just very well said um do you think going i don't want to make it sound like a gloom and doom but i mean you you think i mean going forward what do you think is going to happen I mean, do you think like it's going to, like the, whatever's still going on? You think it's actually going to work? I, it's it's hard to ask what I'm trying to get at. I mean, I think you understand what I'm getting at. I mean, do you think this? You know, if we're talking about Nazis and the occultism and all that stuff that worked back then and it's still working now, do you think it's going to just keep working going forward, or do you think there's hope and may actually stop? <laughs> I would say. We should get rid of the word hope. Hope is bad. <laughs> Let's use imagination. But I think it's working, but it's not working. What's the old uh, uh, Persian saying, uh, Zoroaster, Zoroastrian saying, evil always turns stupid. The yeah. playbook stops to work. It's not as good when Lenin was doing it or Mao was doing it or Himmler was doing it. So evil gets stupid. It gets greedy. And I think that's it's been exposing itself two also i think we've i think on a high level Jungian gnostic way the trickster archetype has sort of come in to fight these other gods uh and of course this manifests as trump the pandemic elon musk these disruptors who may not be good but they keep uh they keep kind of breaking or stopping the plans of again turning us into this machine this god building which is the end game of these people because that way they have complete power this addictive power and they can think of themselves as god so i think if we keep playing with the trickster archetype uh, we can we can stop the flow of jupiter saturn and mithras so hopefully that's uh, something that will continue
As well said, new uh, synthetic style. Uh, to your first question, I, I think if you look at it from a historical perspective where end of World War II, you had the Vatican rat lines where they're sending these high-level Nazis to all over South America. You've got Project Paperclip where the best and brightest uh, scientists of the day came here. Some of them went to Russia. Everything that we kind of have now came out of World War II technology-wise. I'm an IT guy by trade, so I, th I think of it that way. Um, it all started with IBM computers, uh, and you know now we have computers in our pocket. I don't think that that system has really changed. If you go back to the beginning of the Second World War, they had to take Prescott Bush and plenty of other Americans, blue bloods, if you will, and and charge them with the trading with the enemies act so that old money that those blue bloods that's i think they're quite in line with those philosophies um and on the the left you have the other other side of the pendulum so i, I don't think it's going to change i think i think the pendulum has to swing both ways and mm -hmm. there's there's always people trying to uh enforce their will and and bring in a new system and will it work will it Will it not work? I, I don't think we can go back in time. I, I don't think we can go back to uh, how America was in the same way that Germany could not pull their favorite parts from the past and make an amalgamation and, and, and bring that forward into the future. Um, can't stop the march of time and nobody knows. Yeah, or Italy or any of those places. Yes. Because, uh, yes. Fascism fascism didn't just come out of thin air, just like Nazism didn't come out of thin air, but it was a reaction against uh, the Bolsheviks, the bankers destroying the economy with the Great Depression, so the war, First World War. So it was a system that was a reaction to some horrors in the universe, and then Hitler, of course, he had a vision and the magic and the people to make it happen. I mean, I know talking to people in my circle, I think the game over or where you can say we're not conspiracy theorists, we're just um, spoiler alerts people, as Jimmy Dore says, yeah. is the digital dollar. That's the great reset. That's when they can both cover their tracks for destroying our economy and they can finally control us 100% with money. So that's what I hear the end game is. So we'll I, find out. If, we, if we're getting closer, we need to push back. Simple as that. I, I think, and, and that's very well said. I, I, I totally 100% agree with you, Miguel. I think if they really started to push and roll out this whole digital currency, I think at that point, that is when it's like, all right, we need to, like, something needs to change. Because, like, now... Yeah. We are getting the to Nazis the Nazis have won. The Nazis have won again. <laughs> the Nazis and electric, because now it's not actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I, I think really the way. Can I make one point? I do think that the the whole crypto and, and digital currency is, is just maybe one part of the system they're erecting where you'll have an AI, the code will be the law and governance, and crypto is how they track you at every step of the way and tax you every step of the way, every action you do. Yeah. But yes, remember the banality of evil. Hey, it's just the algorithm. Hey, you know, we're, just, <laughs> exactly. we're just counting beans. We're not doing anything. So. Exactly. I've even said that to my wife before. I was like, you know what's funny? I was like, do people realize that with an easy pass, you can be tracked? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a digital way to pay for something, but it, I'm sure, you know, they're tracking you. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, yeah, no doubt. yeah. But uh, I really, I really want to thank you guys for coming on. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to admit it. This was probably uh, one of the worst hosting I have ever done because it was on a topic that I really didn't know much about. You did so great. I really, no, I really appreciate you guys. The job of the host, yeah. Ask questions and we all learn something new. Yeah. Yeah. Like for real, for real, this really was an episode for me because I wanted to learn from you guys, really. And I, I just I think it's a very interesting topic. But I, I really want to thank you guys because, like I said to Eric Pryor, I said, unfortunately, I'm probably not. No. Shit, sorry. It's fine. <laughs> He's been doxxed. That's I'll it. I'll, 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 uh, my name's Nick. All right, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make things easy. All right. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. It was really. I was telling him. I said, unfortunately, it's going to be you and Miguel talking the most because, like, I really don't. I'm fascinated by it, but I don't know much. And and I thank you guys for coming on. 
And well, when... you know, uh, you know far more than ninety nine percent of the population goes throwing around the word fascist and Nazi. They've made it worse. They have given the real Nazis so much more power with all this stupidity. Yeah. That's it's terrible. They don't understand what they've done. They can run off with all the money and power, and people are doing this. You know. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. Yeah. Right. Right. As as I'm worried about the elections right now, like it makes a fucking difference. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's a, it's good to enjoy some Schrödinger and watch some side or another have some meltdowns and talk about the apocalypse and. Yeah. But it's all it's all a show. It's all a show. Yeah. That's what I think. And that's a, that's a great way to end it. It's all the show. Again, uh, I thank you guys so much for coming on. Synthetic, I, I know you don't have a show. Is there like anything you wanted to promote or put out? Like a- um, you can find me in the live chat of both Anbyte and the Occult Rejects on my Patriot show. Um, I'm usually there. Come hang out with oh, us. Almost- Come chat with us. Um, I love both shows very much. So um, this was a real pleasure to be on with both of you guys. Um, also, the tour and, and more community element server is uh, where you can find me. Um, Miguel, you guys have a Discord, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys can come on anytime. Just let me know. Great. Banned so many times. I don't even want to make another Discord account. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like there's not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, how many emails am I going to make just so I can join Discord? Like, come on. <laughs> and then the problem is, too, with these emails, so many of them, they want some kind of verification. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that either. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to give you my fucking number again. Yeah. Like it makes a difference. You probably already know who I am. But uh, yeah, thank you guys. Um, thank you, Synthetic. Uh, definitely, you can for sure you can find him on our live chats. Definitely check out our Element server. I know I've been slacking on that. I tried to push it today when I recorded with Lux. Definitely check it out. We're not the only show in there. There's other people. There's honestly, you're going to go there and you're going to find a fuck ton of information from everybody except for me and Lux. I'll be totally honest. Yeah. It is a great community. There's awesome people in there, and they're all everybody gets along too. It's Pretty awesome. much, yeah. Pretty much. So it's a, it's really nice uh, community. So definitely a check. Happy Egregora. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. It is synthetic. You created such a yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> I try. I try. He, he's a magician. I said it. <laughs> Technomancer, and, uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miguel, would you like to, uh, if some, if the people listening don't know who you are by now, please let them know who you are and where to find you. Yeah, just uh, thegodabovegod.com or just type in AM Byte Gnostic Radio, A E O N Byte B Y T E, and you'll see my stuff, whether it's YouTube, my homepage, whatever. So definitely, yeah. Thank you. And definitely go check his stuff out. I, I highly suggest it. Not that I'm fanboying you or trying to guess your head up, Miguel, but I think you do a great job. And like I said before, I, I really I, I, I appreciate the extra visual shit you do. That takes time. And to me, that shows passion because of, so who's going to spend time doing that shit unless you really like it? So I see passion in his show. Go fucking check it out. No, uh, thanks. My, uh, my CIA handler will be very happy. <laughs> You'll tell him, Bill? Yeah, he's going to give me a star. Yeah. Oh, right. Or a swastika. A new swastika. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you're going to get banned from everywhere, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell him I'll take some Bitcoin in payment. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's that's enough. Uh, yeah, all my links and the occult rejects and the element server, all that's in the bottom. Um, I'm going to include Aeon Bytes, Miguel, all his stuff. His links will be in the bottom. And yeah, you can find Synthetic PSYOP in the element server and uh, even on, you know, on social media. If you look at our tweets or our posts, you'll probably see him there too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely go check out Miguel's show. And my links are on the bottom again. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later. <laughs>